Hey, Hervoye, how's it going? It's going good. You did pretty good with my name. Hervoye Moric. Hervoye Moric. What country is that from? Is it Croatia? Exactly. It, my name literally means Croat because Croatia and Croatian is Hrvatska. So you can see the note, uh, the connection between Hrvatska and, and my name Hrvoje, So Wow. So you, you've got a lot of cultural influences then in the background of your studies I'm seeing here. Uh, as a former Peace Corps Mongolia volunteer, Geneva School of Diplomacy, um, and on and on and on it goes. Mexico included, U.S. included. Kazakhstan. You are the whole, uh, okay, and host on TNT Radio. And tonight we're going to be talking about who really runs the world and how elites still have the real control when it comes to the big decisions. So that's, that's quite a big subject area. What got you into this in the first place? Well, uh, before I just start, I, I was listening to your lineup. Shout out. Uh, you got all my friends on the show today. Charlie oh, Robinson, thank you. he's also a TNT radio host, and I was hanging out with him recently, and, and Matt Eret as well. I've interviewed him uh, many times, but um, what got me started, I, you know, I, I'm a Christian, so I come at all of this from a biblical worldview, and then, you know, when you read the Bible, you know, a lot of people, even secular folks, you know, the the, the book of Revelation, right, Mark of the Beast, uh, world government stuff, and that's sort of what got me going, and then when I was in Geneva, uh, you know, th that's one of the keynotes uh, of the elites project, you know, Geneva, uh, Switzerland, uh, all the HQs are there, the World Health Organization and all this stuff. And so and then you you, you read the elites own white papers. And I, I wanted to mention one, a book from a Swedish academic uh, published just a month or, or two ago. And I kid you not, it, he literally says in the book, it's called From the Despotism to Democracy. He says, quote, we need to put our hope in the establishment of a global enlightened despotism that saves humanity from going extinct. It needs to be despotic. So, you know, for, for me, this is what all things uh, uh, come down to, basically, this, this world government project. So wherever you are watching this in the world, if you've got a question for Havoye, put it in the chat and we'll put it to him. We've only got 30 minutes. So how old were you when this piqued your interest? teenager you know as a teenager you know the early 2000s you 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 know you start listening to alex jones and Infowars, um g edward griffin it's funny because i heard you mention again charlie's going to be talking about yuri bezmenov g edward interviewed yuri bezmenov in 1984 and it's funny about a decade ago g edward griffin took me out to lunch uh in 2011 i was volunteering for his website and i happened to be passing through uh uh, LA and then he took me out to lunch sort of as a thanks um, but yeah the early 2000s you know once you go down the rabbit hole Alex Jones Edward Griffin the Federal Reserve uh, and all of that stuff and what did you conclude and um, we're going to go over you know a, a lot of it but what was your end conclusion R regarding um, who does run the world well uh, I, I, again not everyone will agree I see in the chat <laughs> someone's talking about Freemasons I definitely think Freemasonry is a key core of that. I was around a, a number of Freemasons in Geneva. Um, I, you know, for me, the buck stops. I, I do believe there's a real entity, right? Lucifer, the devil or Satan, is a real entity. And the Bible says he's the prince of the power of the air. So he's going around manipulating nations. Uh, and then there's like a black hole beneath that, right? Catherine Austin Fitz calls it Mr. Global. We can't exactly know. 
but then underneath that black hole, you've got this power structure. A lot of people are, are familiar with, you know, World Economic Forum is just uh, a face of it. The Bilderbergs in 54 trilaterals. But I think there there is this power going back centuries, if not thousands of years um, that, that formed this power block, probably largely out of Europe. Um, a lot of this, you know, I read an article from Bloomberg this week, Bloomberg talking about the Prince of Liechtenstein, who uh, is managing, you know, uh, hundreds of billions dollar fortune and their family fortune goes back to the 12th century where wow. they own large swaths of land. And so uh, I think the, the real power is in these families and dynasties that go back to the Middle Ages and we don't know their names, you know. Do you think, like David Icke said then, there's an element of protecting the bloodline? Yeah, because their ideology, they're very eugenicist, right? Malthusian uh, eugenicist, that's clear. Um, a lot of, again, listeners know Boris Johnson and his father, Stanley Johnson, uh, he's openly um, a eugenicist. He wrote that novel about a virus, right? I think back in the 90s. And then I've seen clips of both of them on air publicly uh, calling for a reduction in, in, in population. And so um, I think they want to. And if you've been around ultra wealthy people as, a, as I have and, and in Geneva, they've got this perspective of like the, the lower class is icky. You know, like we, we are like the, us plebs and serfs are kind of gross uh, to them and then they have this very elitist uh, mindset so yeah I think they keep everything you know w w within there as you say bloodline well that ties into what Prince Philip says and I'm just trying to find his quote here about coming back as bacteria do you remember that one yeah, yeah he, he wants said, to die and come back as a virus right uh, I mean these these quotes are endless Ted Turner on CNN you know saying he's got like five kids and vast swaths of land and he's like we got too many people you know <laughs> He said, if I would um, come back as a virus, where is it? Where is the quote, bloody quote? Um, in the event that I'm re reincarnated, I would like to return as a deadly virus. <laughs> oh, God. No hiding it there, is there? No, I mean, it, you know, but that's their, their, it's a eugenicist mentality. Uh, you know, someone in the comments mentions Rockefellers. Yes, uh, I've interviewed a great Swedish academic recently, Jacob Nordengard. He's got a whole book. Uh, and, you know, Dr. Rima Leibo, I've hung out with her this year. She's She was famous in that Jesse Ventura, Alex Jones 2009 clip uh, where she predicted, um, you know, this pandemic that would roll out. Uh, the, these folks believe, you know, Rockefellers are a key node uh, of all of this. Here's one example. So I live in Guadalajara, Mexico here. And I, I found this out three years ago when I moved back from Kazakhstan to Mexico. Where I'm living, Guadalajara, is called a resilient city. It's effectively, I'm living in a smart city. And I found the official government white, white papers that resilient cities are financed. They receive their financing from the Rockefeller Foundation. And then I'm seeing them here. They're building out massive public transport because they want to get rid of our cars. Uh, and in the white papers, it talks about cashless system. It actually mentions pre-crime, like Minority Report. So yeah, Rockefeller is also a keynote. Yeah. So that was a question from Anexa. She was asking, you know, the role of the oil barons. So when you look at you know things that are going around the world, do you think that various industries, military-industrial complex? oil companies, big pharma, are they near the tip of the spear when it comes to the decision making 
by the politicians. I don't think the politicians decide anything. I think our politicians are, are, are a total joke. They're just uh, puppets. And all of our countries are basically owned by this transnational system, which you just touched on big pharma, military intelligence. Uh, you know, I had a great guest on Emmanuel Pastrick, who outlined it very well, um, that you've got like these private IT companies, um, transnational corporations, private military intelligence. The, you know, a lot of the governments have outsourced their policies to these transnational entities, you know, like the, the McKinsey, you know, a big one is also the McKinsey Consulting Group. Um, Willem Engel, who got into trouble in uh, Netherlands during the COVID stuff, you know, he, he touched on this as well, that a lot of the, the, the Dutch government, the, the policies, uh, you know, in response to the pandemic were um, um, given to, given to them to these by these private consulting groups linked to, to Davos and all of that. So I think a lot of them have penetrated, you know, China, all governments have been penetrated by these groups. That's why you saw in all countries implementation of, you know, these this, this digital control system. We've got a question perhaps inspired by Halloween, and it is whether you believe there are European vampire people. I'm not familiar with the European vampire people. <laughs> people that drink blood. Well, here in Mexico, they, 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 we talk about chupacabras, the goat sucking. <laughs> the goat sucking. Um, no, I, I don't. I'm, well, I don't doubt there is some occult uh, cult that you know does participate in that i think i think i saw in the chat someone mentioned yeah i've got the crowley book behind me it's an academic book right about how crowley was a british intelligence as well um some of the crazy stuff i read about crowley that i don't know if it's even <laughs> we can, uh, yeah is... let's 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 probably not say what that is but, but i think they, <laughs> they they really i i do i believe crowley was involved in actually actual human um sacrifice i don't doubt that so i think they're 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 this is a real thing, I believe. Let's see if you can comment on Jake's comment. Bloodline is essential in concentrating power in land. Governance, however, derives its power from bureaucracy. Land and legislation are what rules a country. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. And when it when it talks about legislation, uh, well, land, look what they're trying to do. They're trying to take over vast swaths of land right uh the dutch farmers they're kicking it's it's a new holodmor right um uh in, in america they're they're you know this is the great reset project eroding the middle class i call you know it's a neo-feudalism so they want to bring us back a thousand years get rid of the middle class so it's just the, the aristocracy at the top and us serfs and, and and plebes so they're taking control of the land and the new legislation model is you know we're getting rid of democracy we're going to technocracy where you don't need politicians. You know, that's why you're hearing more about AI. They want AI and software to take over governance. Um, so I, I think you're going to see a lot of these, you know, clown politicians on their way out. And technocracy is this scientific dictatorship run by a couple of experts uh, and, and uh, technology. Question from Anexus. Weren't some eugenicists actually foundational in establishing planned parenthood yeah no doubt i think bill gates's father um was in, uh, involved there you know margaret sanger and it's, it's funny the whole brainwashing system i did my bachelor's at the northeastern illinois university uh in education and history and i was told to write a uh i, I still have it an eight-page report on margaret sanger who was involved with planned parenthood and it, since i was young um i wrote uh, a positive report about her 
But then once you go undergo the un unbrainwashing, you real you know some of the things she said. She wanted to like depopulate, especially the black population, hardcore racist, and and um, yeah, it's th these people. You know, depopulation is a key factor, and it's through a number of ways. You know, wars like you know I mentioned in Ukraine. I'm a Slav, and in, in Ukraine, it's the Russians and the Ukrainians, the uh, Slavs going at each other, and so these elites. The, the it's great for them because they're all killing each other and lowering the Slav population. You know, Hitler uh, wanted to also, the, Hitler viewed the, us as Slavs as uh, Chattel. You know, my grandfather was a prisoner of the Nazis for uh, six months. He survived. And so, yeah. So, Seagulls asked, what is the point of getting that much wealth beyond never having to do the dishes again? Why do they need so much money? I, I think it, the the wealth is just the, the means. Um, I think they've got all the money that they need. Uh, and I think some guests in the past that I've had on, they say, so, you know, one issue is they don't know what to do with the money anymore. And that's when you start going crazy. You know, when you fulfilled all of your desires, then your desires start getting freaky, right? As we kind of mentioned uh, earlier when it comes to, you know, getting into freaky cult stuff, human sacrifice. And so that wealth, I think they need now to bring about this global control system. And I think, you know, part of this green agenda where they want us, they want to take tr tens of trillions of dollars from us. They want to use that money to basically construct this global uh, dystopia, you know, 15 you know, smart cities, which I, I live in one uh, and so forth. So Gene Spliced is wondering about the role of the Roman Catholic Church in this. Oh, I, I, you know, I, I don't doubt it. A lot of, you know, there's I, a lot of listeners of mine talk about that. Um, some people think that's where the buck stops. Uh, I, I, I don't, you know, I think it's a conglomeration. Um, I don't think the buck stops at the Vatican, but I, I would say, you know, of course, the Vatican is a keynote. They were in, involved in a, in, in a lot of this. Uh, you know, I've, I've had the privilege of actually visiting um, the headquarters in Rome that's not open to the public of the Order of Malta which, you know, is, was in the Middle Ages the, the right-hand military arm of um, the Vatican. And I think they're also very, you know, a lot today a lot of the members of the Knights of Malta are CIA military generals. And so, again, that's still uh, a key network in terms of, uh, you know, the global elites. Nikki wants to know, how do you feel about religion trying to rule the land? Well, I, I, I recently, I had a quote, I, I, I lost it from March. I'm a fan of this German theologian, Martin Ehrman. Uh, I don't believe in theocracy. So, you know, I think um, I, the, the quote I recently read, he was talking about Martin Luther and the Reformation and how, you know, the goal of Christianity is not, is basically just to preach the gospel. It's nothing to do with politics. You know, that, that's the kind of religion I, I like, not the one that takes, you know, political uh, control. And so... If, if more people come to believe in, in you, know, the, you know, a lot of the, there's a lot of morals in, in Christianity, then society will change for the better, which is what happened. You know, I had a podcast guest of mine, Robert Woodbury on. He did research in Africa and he noticed where where there was more presence of Protestant uh, Christianity in Africa, there was a higher level of economic development and democracy. Uh, and so, you know, I think that's interesting, but I don't believe in any sort of, you know, this Christian national movement in the U.S., I'm not a fan of that. I think that actually plays a hand into the global, globalists because it's that will help. That's like the the other right totalitarian extreme of the left wokeism. And those, those sorts of movements are helping to break up 
the United States, which is what the globalists want. They want to they want a civil war. They want to balkanize uh, America. So, Havoy, what do you believe in? What is your utopia or your vision of an ideal world? Oh, that's a, that's a big question. No, <laughs> I'm, I'm just hoping Jesus returns at some point soon. That's my uh, utopia. But meanwhile, um, you know, the, the U.S. Republic has been a good um, experiment. But just, you know, having the smallest government possible, that that's pretty, you know, utopia for me. Uh, and, you know, I'm, so, I'm a citizen of the EU and I, I absolutely abhor the European Union. It's it's you know, it's a total fascist totalitarian uh, construct. So when you say smallest government possible, does that mean minimal government intervention and less taxes? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when the, it's it's. If we could go back into the early U.S., you know, so you look at the spectrum, it's anarchy, no government. And then the next, you know, I don't think anarchy is good. Look, I'm living here in Mexico. You know, the story yesterday, two two days ago in Guerrero, the state of Guerrero, 13 Mexican police uh, policemen, 13 Mexican policemen and a local politician were summarily executed by 30 plus um you know, criminal uh, organization or, or, or cartels. That's anarchy. Do you, you want to live, you know, 13 cops? Like, in, in what, what country where, where anyone's living is it normal? And nothing's going to happen. It's just like daily news. 13 cops just executed by cartels and everyone just life goes on. Uh, so anarchy sucks. Um, so, yeah, republic would be like the next best option. And then beyond that, you get like democracy and, and collectivism, as Edward Griffin talks about, you know, socialism, communism, fascism, monarchy outright dictatorship so but is the those assassinations you talked about anarchy or is that profit maximization function of the profits in war on drugs yeah that's a good point that's a whole other uh can of worms because i think all of this stuff that's going on here in the you know the, the drug trade you've got the 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 empire involved right uh military intelligence american you know, i got a great book behind me i didn't think you can see it alfred mccoy uh, he wrote the book in the 80s on the triangle in, in Southeast Asia, how the French government, French Empire, British Empire, uh, American CIA were running drugs. And still to this day, you know, I believe I had a guest on last year. He was an LAPD guy. He told me that in 1980, he was down here in Mexico and he met one of the top chiefs of the Mexican intelligence who openly was telling him that, yeah, you know, we've got the runways here in Mexico uh, and then uh, the planes land. Uh, with this is all under CIA supervision, and um, they're running uh, cocaine and drugs into the U.S. So yeah, well you know what happened with this gunfight was it's it's part of this whole net nexus where you got Mexican government involved with the cartels as well as the U.S. government and, and uh, intelligence. But you know it it is kind of anarchy because there's no rule of law. Yeah, I hear. Yeah, I, I did read that book, and it was one of the books that opened my eyes as to the true people pulling the strings behind international trafficking of illegal substances um what about libertarianism yeah, i recently uh, had ron paul on my program i got to hang out with him i've been to his conferences this year um so i i never like to call myself libertarian um i've, I've liked libertarian ish and i've noticed a lot of libertarians lately are leaving libertarianism because they're finding it's not going anywhere and it's not really working. So I like a lot of the principles, which is to maximize freedom. Uh, but then 
you know, I think sometimes also going back to my Christian roots, too much freedom can also be, you know, not a good thing where you get now a lot of this whole um, this transgender transgenderism stuff where it's just like when you when, when there are no social mores, you know, in a lot of the countries that I've lived in, you go to Kazakhstan where I've lived or Mongolia for 95 percent of the population, you know, even higher that, that there's this social cultural barrier that, you know, they don't they don't want that. And so uh, or, you know, uh, or other freedoms, maybe that if you have if you're given too many of these uh, freedoms, it can go to a, a bad extreme. So. So when you said libertarianism is, is not going anywhere, what did you mean by that? Well, like I said, a lot of people are uh, I've had them on my podcast, a lot of great folks. Um, you know, a lot of them are tending to, to jump into to Orthodox Christianity. It's interesting just to see how people are transitioning. But um, yeah, I don't know, like politically, you know, um, the party just never gains traction. Michael Rechtenwald, who I'm a big fan of, he's uh, I've hung out with him. He's been on my podcast. He's now running as a candidate. So, you know, I think in that regard, politically, they don't, they don't gain much traction. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I'm just noticing like people are sort of leaving the libertarian movement. But. Can any alternative party gain traction in the two party system? It's it's tough. It's really a tough nut to crack. It's this uniparty, you know, Coke Pepsi um, system. Uh, it's I think you know if people feel like they want to try to crack that nut nugget, go ahead, do it. You know, um, that's nothing I'd ever be interested in it. But you know, Robert Kennedy Jr. He's trying now as an independent. Michael Rechtenwald, uh, Matt, uh, Mike Tiermatt, who I've had on my TNT Radio show, he's running as Libertarian presidential candidate. So, if if uh, you know, we need people. Uh, who've got that energy to try and do something. So, if you know, if you got that energy, you got the will, do it. Um, I, I don't have that energy, and I'm, I kind of, I, I don't have too much faith in the political system. Yeah, I mean, even look at Ross Perot. He had a lot of energy, but he got shut down. He had a lot of money, too, and even that, you know, couldn't. Do you think that Trump will get in at the next election? I think it's possible. You know, I subscribe. You know, I don't I, I don't pretend to know uh, everything. And so what I do, I've got like different theories on the table, plausible scenarios. Uh, and then as time goes on, I'm like, oh, this one seems to be more true than others. And then I'll discard some. But you know, there's a fascinating Twitter account called Donnie Darko. He's a Christian, but he's making this interesting case that, you know, there possibly is some occult elite strain behind Trump. You know, the whole QAnon thing, which I, I think was some military occult operation and i think there is one scenario where trump does come back as some sort of christ-like messiah figure and a lot of people are going to buy into it and he's going to like apparently go against the new world order when in fact what he's actually going to be carrying out is the new new world order if you get what i'm <laughs> if you get what i'm saying because you know the, the this you know whatever antichrist figure or new world order figure comes it's not gonna it's gonna be someone who's gonna be you know it's not going to be someone obvious. It's not going to be like the devil with horns and be like, hey, you know, it's, it's the Antichrist is here. No, people are going to be deceived. They're going to say this guy's solving problems, you know. Uh, and so and some people talk about the pendulum swinging, swinging. So we're now in this sort of leftist authoritarian system. So it's possible, you know, we could have uh, crazy times under Trump. So I, I do see it's possible. That's one scenario. Trump comes back. Um, if not, you know, People talk. I've had Colonel McGregor on my program. Him and others have said we might e we might not even have elections next year. Really, I think twenty twenty four is going to be absolutely insane. 
So is that assessment based on past revolutions producing even bigger dictators? Yeah, that's, that, that's one scenario, you know, for everyone's talking about the fourth turning, got that book behind me as well. Um, the fourth turning scenarios, we're entering, you know, war cycle, just daily. Look at all the smart people that, that I follow, intellectuals saying, um, you know, even this morning, Gail Twerberg, uh, actuary, uh, I've interviewed her. She says in today's blog post, Our Finite World, she says, the stage seems to be set for an array of worrisome outcomes, including major debt defaults, failing governments, and even widespread uh, war. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, you know, I call it the hundred year storm. I think it is upon us. Yeah, it seems there's been a hundred year war cycle, and now we've got nukes. Let me just see where the doomsday clock is. Current time on the doomsday clock 90 seconds. Doom- I think. Minute and this a half. is 90 seconds to yeah. midnight. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Founded in 1945 by Albert Einstein and University of Chicago scientists who helped develop the first atomic weapons. Holy schmoly. Um, this is it's a time of unprecedented danger, 90 seconds to midnight. Not good. And, you know, Einstein, going back to what I mentioned earlier, he was a big proponent of world government. Uh, and there was a recent article published, you know, Oppenheimer, I think one of the reasons that the Oppenheimer film that came out by Christopher Nolan, one of the goals is to promote world government because Oppenheimer was also a huge proponent. And I think it was Einstein in this article, it says, quote, the issue that we have to face is not whether we can create a world government, but whether we can have such a world government without going through a third world war. So they keep saying, you know, they're selling, hyping these extinction scenarios, nuclear war, uh, pandemic, climate change. So we need a world government. That's their uh, formula. And so that's what they're, they're pushing now. Uh, and, you know, even here in America's, a lot, not, I'm like the only person pointing this out. The Mexican president, Lopez, Lopez Obrador AMLO, he's done a number of good things, even though he's a leftist, but he's supposed to meet with Biden next month. He said he literally called for a North American union. He said, we need to can- integrate Canada, USA, and Mexico based on the EU model. Nayib Bukele in July of this year, you know, a lot of he's done a lot of great things in El Salvador. He said in July, we need to create a Central American Union based on the EU model. Like that that's full out globalism. Like what are you talking about, Bukele? And then Rafael Correa, the ex-president of Ecuador, he came out also saying we need to create a South American Union based on the EU model. And so uh, you know, for me, like that that's that's once you get the regional union, that that's world government um de facto. And and speaking of nuclear war, when I was living in Kazakhstan. I got to visit the Polygon. That's an 18,000 square kilometer uh, section of land right on the border with Russia, which is where Stalin dropped the first nuke in 1949. And I actually got to visit one of the, I got to stand on one of the ground zeros where one of the nukes dropped. Uh, 500 plus nukes were tested there. And so I'm, I'm ready. You know, I, I am mm-hmm. ready for <laughs> World uh-huh. War III. I need to apologize to the viewers. I found her voice so interesting. I've been ignoring the questions for the last 10 minutes. I've gone, I've kept them all to myself selfishly. All right, let's go back to the questions. Sorry. Here we go. From Magnus. Can you ask him if he knows anything about Temple of Blood and the O9A? No, I've got no idea. And I don't, or I don't know if O9 is referencing um, Gladio. I was talking with someone yesterday, the, the Operation Gladio, but no, I'm sorry. Jake is wondering about the impending automation of everything resulting in widespread unemployment and a class that is no longer relevant. 
What will they do with these people that are no longer relevant? I think they're already trying to um, lessen the population, uh, not not to get in, not to get you into trouble with Pentagon please, tube, please. but uh, <laughs> as I call it, Pentagon tube. But I think, from given the past couple of years, I think people can you know, read between the lines of how that's uh, happening, and that that's my biggest fear. In 2020, I interviewed Jewish historian. Um, I love the guy; he's renowned, Edwin Black, and he calls this the algorithm ghetto. That's my favorite term. Uh, so he compared it to the Jewish ghetto, where, where Jews were put into physical walled-off ghettos. And that's what they're doing now. They're creating a digital virtual algorithm ghetto. And so if you don't comply with whatever the regime sh- says, they'll just shut you off. You know, last year, the Department of Homeland Security banned me from PayPal. Um, I, I was banned previous to that on, on Patreon. People are getting debanked now. Um, you know, even in Kazakhstan, I met on, you know, in Kazakhstan, you got to take a lot of night trains to get anywhere. And there was a guy traveling for like 50, 60 hours. And we asked him why. Why don't you just fly? He's like 50 year old. And he said, I'm banned by the government. I can't fly because he was like a labor activist in Kazakhstan. And so, you know, that's an example of this, you know, control system. Yeah, I used to refer to it as algorithmic strangulation, but I'm gonna have to incorporate the uh, ghetto terminology into this now. Okay, do you know anything about Nazi occultism and the continuation of this into the 21st century? Yeah, I, I haven't done a deep dive, but I definitely I view the whole Nazi regime as an, you know, an occult uh, regime. And then one interesting note that Edwin Black points out that a lot of the eugenics uh, that the Nazi regime had, it actually came first from the American eugenicists. You know, someone mentioned earlier, the Rockefellers, the Carnegie's, that, you know, the first gas chamber was in the U.S. I mean, even Edwin Black talks how in 1930, the state of Ohio, I think it was the governor of Ohio in 1930 was planning to have a concentration camp, I think, in the Ozarks and to send, you know, like people with uh, Down syndrome and undesirables to camps in the U.S. for extermination. So a lot of the stuff the Nazis got, you know, it's from the Anglo-American establishment. But I definitely view, you know, the, the Nazi stuff as a cult. Um, and, yeah, I definitely think there, there's a continuation to this day. You know, I, I view the EU project, Dr. Rath, who's a great, he's a German um, doctor, you can go to his website, get his book for free. He's got a book on the the Nazi roots of Brussels, the EU, uh, and so you know I think there's something to it. Have you looked at the money laundering and uh, facilitation by Prescott Bush with the Nazis? Yeah, yeah, that, that's definitely you know the, the Bushes were involved. Yeah, yeah. All right, next question: Do you know who the strategic dialogue partners of the United Nations are? I, I don't know specifically the strategic dialogue partners of the UN, but I can tell you one one partner who uh, I mentioned this in my notes that I sent you when I was in Geneva in 2009, Lutz's Trust. So Lutz's Trust was founded in 1922 by Alice Bailey. Original name was Lucifer Publishing Company. They changed their name to Lutz's Trust. They're an official NGO affiliated with the United Nations on the ECOSOC uh, they're a member. They run the meditation room purportedly in New York. Uh, they got their base in New York, London, and Geneva. And I went to one of their meetings uh, in Geneva, and I've got the pamphlet still. And it talks about they talk about how uh, Lucifer is Prometheus, and Lucifer is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's going to save us. He's here now. We're preparing for his return. So this is an actual United Nations NGO called Lutz's Trust that believes this. So. Charlie, what's up? Hey, good to see you. Last time I saw you, we were having midnight 2 a.m. tacos in Austin, Texas. Tacos in Texas. 
Right, we are going to bring Charlie in then. And can you please let us know, Havoye, where people can find you and support you online? Geopoliticsandempire.com. I'm active on my Twitter and my Telegram there. I got a Substack as well. Um, you know, so if people like what I'm doing, they can support, um, donate, and uh, also they can catch Charlie and me at TNT Radio uh, Live. My show is twice uh, daily. There was one question I omitted. Uh, I'm being asked to ask you about whether you believe in aliens. Uh, I'm, you know, everyone's got their own views. I, I got somewhere behind me the the books by J. Allen Hynek and uh, Jacques Vallée, uh, both independently concluded scientists, atheists who believe that the UFO phenomenon is a um, not extraterrestrial phenomenon, but interdimensional phenomenon, and that gels with my Christian worldview. I think the whole UFO phenomenon is fallen angels uh, or and or demons. You know, more to do with the spiritual realm. So th- that's my crazy theory. <laughs> Well, thank you for spending time with us this evening. You are a fascinating guy. I would love to get you back on. And you have a great rest of your day in Mexico. Cheers. Yeah, anytime. And um, I'm going to be listening to you, uh, Charlie and, and, and Matt. So, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Cheers. <laughs>